I'm Anna Walker, and you're listening to our very first Gallery Gals podcast. In this new show, I'm planning to have conversations with the women of the art world, be they creators or working behind the scenes. For the first episode, I spoke to Shona McAndrew, a Philadelphia-based painter and sculptor during a busy day at her studio. We talked as she put the finishing touches on her third solo show of the year, despite it being only March. So to start, I'd love to just hear a bit about how you describe your own artwork. Um, I definitely think my audience is everyone, but I aim to talk to women. And my, I'm in trying to engage with women specifically. And I'm attempting to recreate or discuss the kind of art that has been made throughout time, which has been typically portraiture, especially by men of women for men, um, because they had the ability to buy it or commission it. So the representation and role women had, as we all know, was so very limited. Um, and that reflects itself in the media today and movies, you know, again, that women are being portrayed without any consent or say in how they're being portrayed. And that affects all of us women. We all, you know, look at these representations of women and think, well, that must be what it is like to be a woman. That's what they're telling me. Turns out we're just looking at how men think women are and not how women think we are or how women choose to express ourselves. So my paintings and my sculptures are a lot about taking that back and giving agency to the women I paint. And to me, myself as a woman and my, what it means, my creativity. And like, I, I invent a lot of the spaces they're in. I use the real spaces that they, the pictures that they send me. Um, but I invent the patterns around it and try to make them feel very warm and welcoming and true to the women in it. Mm. And I don't think there's a lot of increasingly now there's a lot of it because women have been given, you know, the rights to paint and to express themselves. But throughout history, there certainly is no space like that that has been made for women artists or women as models, as muses, as, as the object of the painting. What for me attracted myself to your work is the way you capture that magic of women's private worlds. Definitely like what you were saying there. I look at these portraits and I think, oh, those are the moments I have to myself that are just me on my own and you never see yeah. that anywhere else like you say oh, no. I always uh I used to before I was like a loud feminist I had a lot of these thoughts about how I would spend you know I'm a fat woman I've always been plus size I grew up in Paris where when I was only five ten pounds overweight I was the fattest girl in school so I've just always been the, a plus size girl it's in Paris it felt very evident mm. um and I remember being comfortable and happy with myself until I saw like a reflection of myself in a mirror or in a window and I'd feel sad and not because seeing myself was sad but being reminded of what other people see when they look at me and what that would mean to them made me sad so I was like all right I'm fat I'm not supposed to be happy people don't or I'm not supposed to be confident and then my confidence would drop and not that so much because again because of what I was or because of what I was reminded people thought I was and so these private moments where women don't have mirrors around them and don't have the wind of reflections and don't have, which are really just representations of other people. There's not the other people looking at you and reminding you of who you're supposed to be. I just, I remember once seeing a short documentary of a trans woman talking about how all day, every day, she's a woman. She thinks as a woman, she is a woman. There's no question. And the only time that she is reminded that she was born in a body that didn't feel like hers and she had to transition and become the woman she is now is when other people remind her is when people in the street and then she's taken out of the existence that she has for herself and that 
I, you know, of course I don't have that experience because I am a cis woman, but I understood what that felt like to be taken out of how you feel about yourself and then forced into how other people see you. Mm-hmm. And so these paintings, as you said, is moments when there is no one there and no one is there to take away the moment they're creating for themselves. I feel like they have a particular resonance at the moment as well with so many people, women spending time at home during lockdown. I find that most days, you know, I'm not wearing makeup, wearing feminine clothes. I'm not presenting in the way that I often present to the the rest of the world. Absolutely. It's very freeing because we all want to, but we're taught to like body hair. I remember when, when women get body hair, they're taught to remove it to become a woman. When a man get body hair, they're taught they're a man now because they have it. And it's like this constant separation between your true self means you're really a man and shifting who you are means you're a woman and so I think there's like freedom this year has been the longest my leg has ever been with no shame at a certain point because screw it that's my leg has hair like at a certain point you know I'm still like a bit when I see it I'm a bit taken aback sometimes because I'm not accustomed to it but then you get accustomed to it and then you remember it's literally growing out my body like it's it's genuinely part of my body it's not anything I'm adding it just as much as my thumb is part of my body, my leg hair is part of my body. Um, so this like, yeah, spaces to like breathe and be yourself. They're so, it's, they're thrilling. It feels thrilling to have these like tiny victories of like no makeup, hell yeah. And then it's like, mm-hmm. my God, we're celebrating not putting paint on our faces, but um, but it feels huge. It does. What you said about body hair as well, to kind of see your body cultivating something in that way. There's mm-hmm. some tragic in that. We're so busy trying to remove or to to prevent that to have had the time in lockdown to say, wow, so in two weeks, that's how much my body yeah, has grown. Absolutely. Incredible. Yeah. I'm not, I never knew because I never let my hair grow past an uncomfortable stubble mm-hmm. of it. It wasn't visible. And then I was like, my God, I, I just have body hair. You know? Yeah. And then also like my boyfriend, my boyfriend, I have like armpit hair now because I've been inside all. And he even he and I have discussed how we're both don't even notice my armpit hair. anymore. Mm. It's been a year now. And just like anything else, you just get accustomed to things. And that's why representation, going back to representation, it's so important because things are shocking when you haven't had enough time to get used to it. So it feels weird because it doesn't look like what you're used to. Mm. That's normal human existence. That's how we exist as as, as animals. We don't know what something is. It feels a bit scary, but you see enough of it that you're accustomed to it. So it's not shocking anymore. That's why seeing plus size women and women of color and women with handicaps and trans women and women with body hair, all you have to do is expose it enough. And then we're going to have generations of people who are like, what do you mean women didn't used to have body hair? Like, that's just what women are like. And so back to what my why I make my art is just to like add to that exposure, but by celebrating women. That's like the main thing is to, I want women to walk away being like, my God, we're cool. Um, Cause I think women are very cool. Um, and I, nothing is more thrilling to me than a confident woman. You know, we all know how much it takes to be confident as a woman. It's not easy. It's just like chills because like, damn, you know, there must be such a cool story behind how she became that way. I don't know. Yeah. I have a cool mom. So I'm just like brought up to like love cool women. Yeah. Just like, damn. I think there's such a deep kind of emotional connection women have with each other that when you do see other women mm. thrive in that way, it can be a very sort of powerful thing to women. Oh, absolutely. So I'd love to talk a bit about your new show, Haven, and I wanted to ask why the title Haven? This is the first time I painted multiple women. 
And a lot of the women, including the painting of me and my mother, and all of the painting of three, most all the paintings of two women are people who are not together and I've photoshopped them together. So they are, have been separated through quarantine and I'm helping them, it originated with me helping me have a moment with my mother. She lives in France. She's Scottish, but she lives in France and I haven't seen her in almost two years now because of COVID and she had a back injury. So we missed Christmas right before COVID. And so now it's been two years, which is the longest I haven't seen her. We FaceTime like three times a day. So I still see her face plenty. Um, but creating this moment with her, this painting where we're not actually together because we're so far apart, but we have this painting and this image of us together. And it's a very soft moment. We just practice a whole bunch to get the pictures to like puzzle piece perfectly. Get. She posed with my brother and I reenact with my brother. And then, and so I made other women do that. So there's all these like beautiful moments where these women who are not together is separated by a lot or like creating this fictional moment together. Um, and then Haven, yeah, it's just like a, a safe space. You know, and titles sometimes are a bit challenging for me because I, I don't always like um, the weight words play on images. And I think an image should live on its own, which is why all my paintings at this point are named on uh, based on my models, their names. So it's very direct. This is who she is. So a title, you know, I don't want to like add more to the work than what the work is doing itself. But Haven felt like a a safe space there's something else a bit witchy about the word haven maybe it's just to me i think my next show i want to work on i want to think about witches not like the witchcraft part but like women who are burnt because they're like loud and confident yeah you know like things that like probably many of us would be riches right now in those days because we're just proud to be who we are so i'm like really intrigued with witches right now by witches also i, I mean who didn't who didn't read harry potter not just want to be uh, <laughs> yeah. my group chat with my girlfriends is called the coven because we all love that sense of you know yeah women of like course them. yeah yeah it's like thrilling and i wondered if there are any exhibitions that you'd attended that have particularly inspired your work as an artist because of course individual paintings and creators can be inspiring but i was interested if the experience of an exhibition has impacted you anytime um, well, like Jordan Castile, you know, she's a, she's a peer of mine, not in like where we are in a career, but age wise, like she went to school with some of my friends and, but she is like, you know, number one in the art world. It feels she's so young and she's doing so well. And she and I are, we have parallel practices. I think she's the more evolved, much more evolved considered version of what I'm doing. In my opinion, my boyfriend disagrees, but but she, she's, she's black and she has a twin who is also a black man. And so she started off her career really focusing on black men. And so she photographs a lot of, she photographs people and paints them. And she has such an unbelievable relationship with her models. I think she's the one more than anyone. I mean, she takes pictures with the models in front of the paintings and you can see how excited they are to be standing behind this enormous version of themselves and in fancy galleries and museums immortalizing them. and. She like give, I mean, everything, I try to emulate a lot of her energy. And if you have the luck to talk to her, she's just like maybe the nicest human being ever created in the history of people. So she just is like this well-rounded, warm person. And I, I want my practice to have a similar warmth. Speaking about your, your model and your relationship with your models, that's something I wanted to touch on as well. I wanted to ask how you connect with the models for your portraits, because there is such a sense of, intimacy devoid of the voyeuristic aspect of intimacy and your depictions of them 
how do you sort of, is there something in particular you look for when choosing your models? How do you go about that? Well, sometimes they just reach out to me. I really like when people want to be painted because yes, that's like, that's the only thing I can do <laughs> well. So I can do it to help you out. My goodness. Yeah. So a couple of the paintings, even in Haven are people who just contact me Amazing. and I would love to be painted one day. So there's that group of people. Then there's the rest are typically are all either friends of mine or people who follow me and who stand out as being very confident with themselves. And I like people who clearly don't strive to be like everyone else. That to me is like, you know, I grew up in Paris, as I said, around very, very pretty girls. Like I went to a very high, like a fancy school and my high school friends, some of them were literal international models. Yeah. So I really, like, really, like, actual. I remember we went to London once for, like, one day to go to the Shakespeare and the Shakespeare uh, Theater. You probably know which one I'm talking about. And it was so exciting. We went at, like, 4 a.m. And, like, we met up at the train station. And it felt so thrilling. And the, all the models in my class all went with heels, which I thought was insane because it was a day trip walking all day and mm -hmm. remember getting onto the train and then the men passing our tickets not knowing that there were 15 and 16 I was next we're talking about how hot they were and I was like they're children mm -hmm. and they're like I recognize her from the last like cover of a magazine and I'm like wow this is and I just remember that moment so much because I felt like such a stubby like awkward silent teenager mm -hmm. so I've existed a long time around women who really wanted to look exactly like how we were told to look and that was very important to them and that seemed to be the only thing important to them and I never really understood why one cares that they're the like being pretty means three things you have great DNA a lot of time to spend or a lot of money to spend on your appearance but it doesn't say that much about who you are as a person and I don't understand why that is valued so much so I enjoy people who don't seem to be their goal in life doesn't seem to look to be exactly what a woman is supposed to be. I keep thinking about what you said about seeing your reflection when you were young. It's, it's so interesting to me, the idea of you being unintentionally framed, but now it's almost like you're framing that kind of reflection deliberately. Yes, right. absolutely. COVID has been maybe rough on how we see ourselves. Also, even though we talk about all these empowering things, it's also, I think, for many of us, has been rough. So what a pleasure to be able to reflect back to them how I see them. I think there's also a lot of that is, well, this is how I see you. So you can choose to feel bad about yourself, but know that right now, as we both exist, this is who I see you as, as badass and powerful and worthy of more than worthy than being remembered through our history as a wonderful way a woman has existed. Mm. I wonder if just in terms of the actual craft of the paintings, are there any body parts that you find particularly enjoyable to paint? Well, that's why I love plus size women. I, I painted a bit more thin women in the last show than I typically have. And it's a bit more boring to paint thin women. <laughs> Not and just, there's less flesh, there's less curves, light hits bodies a bit more plainly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I love a nice belly. But hands, I think, are really beautiful. They're so soft and they say so much. And I just love bodies. I mean, to be honest, I feel like I, I literally paint the figures last because I, I jokingly say it's like I eat the piece first so I can eat the, 
mashed potatoes later because I just love painting flesh mm-hmm. and it just nothing is more fun to me like I I'm like mildly bored during the painting and when I get close to painting the figure I'm like up at night staring at a picture on my phone because I just can't wait for tomorrow when I finally get to paint her flesh um so bellies hands faces those are like my favorite breasts I love a, I love a good breast I think they're just so beautiful I love curve curves women's bodies are awesome I'm curious to know whether you feel that being a woman artist or means that you've had a different kind of experience in the industry at all. I think any other time I would have said yes in a negative way. Mm. I think right now, I, you know, when you study so like gender studies and stuff like that, you always learn, you know, when, when one thinks about gender, they think gender studies, they always think of women. When you think about like sexuality or like thing like that, you think of people who are gay, you don't think like straight white men have been are almost in a way void of identity because they're the norm and the base and everyone else is like plus or minus a straight white man which has given them the chance to rule over everything but right now because identity is so important and who you are and who is talking is so very important you know it's a harder time in some ways to be a man though they're still being purchased by museums the most and they're not doing badly but it's a harder time for them to speak about who they are because for so long they've created this world of like men are the norm that now are like, but what do you have to say about being a man, huh? Yeah. So it is a more interesting time, I think, to be a woman because there's just so much to say that hasn't been said. Mm. And there's finally a real audience for it. So I think if anything, because of, and I'm a plus size woman, which gives people like those extra not by choice i didn't become plus size for this for this boost i promise you that but yeah i do i do think for like a couple years i had no shows but i had like an article a month practically written about my practice even cnn wrote an article about me even though i was doing nothing like i was just posting on instagram and a lot of it was like she's fat and confident how does she do it she makes art about fat women wanting to have sex which is not even true people just wrote stuff like that about my work without asking me So I think there's a little bit of like a, wow, but you're a fat lady. That's so cool. How do you like do things? Don't you just like eat and sleep? Which is kind of true, but I also make a lot of art. Um, so I do think right now is, it's been a good time to, to be unique and proud of it and not be the norm, which uh, men have forced this upon them. They are the norm. Yeah. It's interesting <laughs> that you said about people bringing a kind of sex angle to your work. I think there is, mm. there is a, uh, I don't know, a move towards if any women's bodies are presented in a way that does deviate from your standard female body, there's a temptation, it seems, for people to drive towards the fetish or the fetishistic. Oh, of course. But oh to God. me, your work is, what's so amazing about it is how intimate and vulnerable those moments are, but they're completely devoid, for me anyway, of the kind of voyeurism or the kind of look at this sexy body. It's more just look at this beautiful creature that, that exists. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I use my Instagram as an example. If I have breasts in, my, in, a, in a painting, it will get almost twice as many likes. Really? Oh, I know. And my latest body of work, they're almost all closed and my likes have dropped dramatically because even though I have 75% women, I am a shadow band and I have been for like four or five years. So my account is very restricted to not many people see my, what I post that I'm accustomed to that, but it is true. When I post breasts or female nudity, 
I still get at least twice many likes. And I, you know, I think we all still, I still love nudity. I love nudity. I grew up with nudist parents. I grew up in Paris where I live on, on one of the islands. So I would walk home and the Seine would be like covered in topless women over the summer. You know, like I'm accustomed to nudity and it doesn't strike. It's not weird to me. As I said, exposure really does feel a lot of wounds. So nudity is normal. Um, but boy, do my followers agree with me. Because obviously having access to those kind of statistics on your Instagram, such a new thing for artists to be able to see that direct reaction people have. Do you ever factor that into your work? Do you try to avoid letting that into sort of influence the kind of things you paint? I, I definitely don't let it influence it. The only thing that it makes me feel bad is the women I paint. I don't want them to think that a painting of theirs, mm. even though you know it's silly, it's just my own fear, but I don't want them to think that it has anything to do with who they are. Yeah. So I even once, and I will never do it again, like actually sent out an apology being like, I'm so sorry. I hope you don't, it's just because, and that was just my, it was silly of me, but it was just pure guilt. So I had to explain like- you must feel responsible because of that trust dynamic that you built between oh. yourselves. Oh, of course. Oh, big time. And there, even when the women are, you don't have to be naked to feel vulnerable. So mm. when women are sending me 10 pictures of themselves and some of them have never met me in person, there's a lot of trust going on there. And I take that very seriously. And I feel that. I feel the stress. I want to, I don't want to waste this moment that I was given with this person. So the only thing I don't like is when I post it, it doesn't do well. And I, I, I fear, I fear they think it reflects on them. One of the paintings that did the best and was the most in demand of my solo show did the worst in terms of likes because the person's fully dressed, but that has no reflection on what the piece is and how the value of the piece. So I'd love to know a bit more about what you're working on at the moment. I have my next solo show, my third solo show of the year. And we're only in March. Third of the year, <laughs> by March. <laughs> I know. I have like my, I don't know if you can see my face. Wait, where's the camera? You have the camera. I have this like, see the bump? Yeah, That's yeah. a little callus from how hard I've been painting. Because I press hard and I paint hard and I paint fast. So, I mean, I just have to, I did my research and I have to let it soak. And I have to like, <laughs> they like panicked my gallerist when I told her about it. Just because I'm afraid, we're both afraid that one day it screws with my ability to paint. So I'm going to deal with it now. But I've been working very hard. It's just to demonstrate how hard I've been working. <laughs> I have a sculpture show in two months at this place called R-O-M-I, O-M-I, um, that's how you spell O-M-I, and it's upstate New York, and it's like a sculpture park, but they have an incredible in interior space, and a lot of, like, female super paint, like, artist heroes have shown there recently, so mm. it is an unbelievable lineage to follow through with, and I'm making a full paper mache installation with three women, so it's going to be like the three graces. I have a lamp in my bedroom of the three graces that I've had for multiple years now. And I love them very much. That's time. It's from the 1940s. That's when I bought on Etsy. I was, I was 25 and very excited when I got it and it's with me forever. And um, so I'm making three women at home. I like to think about the last time I was really truly involved with my girlfriends and not like we call each other and see each other, but when they were critical to my life, like they were my social life. They were the person people I texted when I woke up. It's certainly when I was single and it was when I was much younger in my early twenties and or teens, like when my girlfriends were so important to me and it's been some time since now I live with a boy 
and I have to like listen to boy things all the time. <laughs> and I like miss the days when like weekend sleepovers, like planning everything was around my girlfriends and how important that time was and how much I didn't under didn't realize it. I mean, I'm thankful that I was lucky to have great female friends and great relationships, but I didn't understand that how it's not, it's not always going to be that way. Yeah. Um, and so I'm thinking back at that time and thinking more of like, if we, if I was living with my best friends, which I did for a bit, what would a night be? What would a room be? And it's our living room and there's going to be, it's a coffee table full of snacks and books. And there's a bookshelf with like a hundred books in it. And there's cats and the cat and the dog and cat toys and everything that truly did inhabit our spaces. That sounds amazing. That's such a precious moment in women's lives when you have had that time living with your girlfriends. I mean, just thinking about it gets me misty-eyed, to be honest. I know, right? Paradise and, we, and it was so the norm that you didn't realize that that isn't actually the norm, that when you grow up, even if it's a year later, you're suddenly, you know, I joke, I'm living with a boy, but you become, you know, you, you part off into your little homes and then you see your friends sometimes when you go out and you still text and call, but they're not as key when they were so important and so thinking back at what that moment like a freezing one of those moments mm. and a lot of people think of your what I said about what appeals to me with your paintings and that sense of the world that you just have for yourself the time when I lived with my girlfriends is the only time other people have been in that bubble with me I think yeah of course uh, me too absolutely yeah and so crazy how it becomes this like family I mean it's very it's saddening in a way because I miss it. And I, you know, when will that, but I've, I've been, it's been years. I watched the movie Twins. Do you ever see Twins? It's with like, I doubt it. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito and they're twins. Oh, that's <laughs> I grew amazing. Up, it's very funny. It's from like the 1990s maybe. I didn't have many movies when I was a kid at home. So it was one of like the seven VHS we had. So I watched it a lot. Um, and nothing to do with the movie. It was literally just one scene. Their mother lives on a commune <laughs> of artists. And it just looked, I remember being so young, being like, oh, it looks incredible. It was like this field and it was full of women painting and friends. And, and it was like, it had like a, not a gate, but like a nice, it was enclosed, but ginormous. It looked like it could be its own like city. Um, and I just thought, wow, well, if that's adulthood. I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Little did I know that's not actually what adults do, but I've always wanted to, I don't know if I want to recreate that, but because I don't know if one could recreate a scene from a movie Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> DeVito, but Has that anyone ever of, said that about the movie Twins before? But I know, probably I'm the first. I've said it a lot. I feel like I've done a lot of publicity for them because <laughs> I go back to this moment because it was truly like a oh, it looks so beautiful everything about it, i can picture it all who knows if it's even uh, ashley i just bought the movie a week ago so i probably should watch it because <laughs> i did i was actually talking about it with my assistant so that's how much i bring it up um yeah i just want to you know and i feel like living with your girlfriends had a little bit of that magic mm. you know, a little magic bit is a retirement commune with me and all of my yeah. the work will have been done and then we'll just come together in a little commune and it'll be beautiful that's my dream I love that that's amazing I hope that you can make that happen because that you. seems like quite an, an incredible way to retire we talk about it a lot so to want to retire with your girlfriend is sounds cooler than retiring alone with a man in the house I'm just gonna say <laughs> yeah. it really honestly does it does it sounds in every every aspect of what makes something interesting that sounds more interesting 
more thrilling, a better weight. You'll probably live longer and happier. (laughs) I mean, everything about it. And I wish that on many women that they get to have exciting plans like that. It's been so lovely talking to you. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. It's been lovely talking to you. I hope you enjoyed that first episode of the Gallery Gals podcast. It was an absolute pleasure to put together and to speak to Shona. Her new show, Haven, is currently open at the Chart Gallery in New York until the 8th of May. And you can follow her on Instagram at Shona underscore McAndrew. This Gallery Gals show was created by me, Anna Walker, and the beautiful music you heard at the start and the end of the podcast was created for us by Emma Bug.